Hello and welcome to series four, episode 10 of Dad Educates Daughter on 80s music. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Dad. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Good. So, just to remind everyone who you are, it wouldn't be my kind of week. I'd be interested if it was your kind of week. Okay. So, um, Actually, yeah, I can see how it's your not kind of week. Yeah. Mm. Rod Stewart, Marvin Gaye, Jeffrey Osborne, Steve Silk Hurley, Percy Sledge, Sam Cooke, and Ben E. King. Yeah. So seven artists this week. Mm, it was. Mainly because of the lack of songs. I nearly forgot about one. Like, because I am so used to just doing six. I And weirdly, it weren't even like I forgot about the last one. I forgot about Sam Cooke. <laughs> and oh, then was like going through things. I was like, I don't think I've listened to him. And had to like <laughs> listen to him again. I was like, oh. oh. So used to six. But it, okay. yeah, it was a very soulful week though, and some beautiful vocals I've had. Um, mm-hmm. Some artists I do wish I had more from, but like you say, we yep. had lack of. Um, I didn't go out and listen to any more. Um, right. Well, I forgot about one anyway, so that tells you where I was. Um, yeah. And it's been more chilled out this week, but I haven't minded it. It's not been a bad chilled out, um, where sometimes it can be a bit draining. Um, and do you know what? I've recognised more songs outside of Rod Stewart. Yeah, he was like the biggest artist I had this week. Yeah. So that surprised me. Okay. So how many number ones? Four. Okay. I've gone with four. And they're spread out quite a bit as well. There were six number ones. Oh, okay. But only three in the 80s. Right, that's interesting. Okay. Well, let's talk music and let's talk Rod Stewart. Yeah. So, I like rock and I feel like he's quite a big, has a big play in the rock. Um, long hair, jagged layers, a fringe. I was like, who is this? It's like quite textured his hair. He likes a bit of pattern and some bright colours in his clothing. And t- to be honest, his um, videos were a lot of live performances. And I just find that he doesn't stop moving. He's moving around the stage constantly. Um, it was quite a strong start to the week. And I've not really ever listened to Rod Stewart. I've heard of him. But, like I said, I didn't actually recognise many of his songs. Like, I've never really listened to him, wouldn't have ever been able to tell you a song that he's done. Um, I just know of him being a rock star, I think, really. And he's got quite a husky voice. And I feel like he's got quite a niche kind of audience. He's got a certain target, you know, the rock. It's not like anyone and everyone could listen to him. You would have to be into his music, I think. Um, but, yeah, he's got a nice mixture of songs. So that was nice, and it did take up a lot of money. Okay, so Rod Stewart is actually from Highgate, London. Um, he's been oh, active he? since. Why do 19- I think Rod Stewart was American? No, uh, most people um, know him as being Scottish because he's a very ardent Celtic fan, and um, yeah, often wears a kilt. 
So, yeah, he's very Scottish, but he's actually born in Highgate, London. If you'd ask me where, and obviously the Stuart as well, um, if you'd ask me where he's yeah. from, I'd have said Scotland, because that's where I've always been. He's actually from Highgate, London. Uh, he's been active in the music business since 1962. He's a singer, songwriter, musician. He's a record producer, and his genres are rock, pop, and blue-eyed soul. Get rid of get the pop. No. Maybe the blue eyed. Was born and raised in London. He is of Scottish ancestry. And Stuart's music career began in 1962 when he took up busking with a harmonica. And in 1963, he joined the Dimensions as a harmonica player and vocalist. In 1964, okay. Stuart joined Long John Baldry and his All Stars, also known as L John Baldry and his Cookie Cookie Men. Right. In 1967, Stuart moved on to the Jeff Beck Group and then joined Faces in 1969, which is where Rod Stewart made his name, which is where I know his background from was what's was right. his basis following their top 20 uk hit stay with me in 1971 he, um, he then went solo following the breakup of faces in 1965 Okay, so it didn't last. Sorry, 1975. Sorry, 1975. Oh, okay. It ended in 1969. Right. So obviously, yeah, 1975. Oh, yeah. Although Stuart had already had success as a soloist in 1971, so while still with Faces, with okay. his double A, Reason to Believe, and Maggie May, which hit number one in both the UK and on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in the US. And in 1972, he had a hit with You Wear It Well, charting at number one in the UK. It was his 1975 hit, Sailing, which launched his solo career after hitting the top 10 in seven countries, including number wow. one in the UK, Ireland and the Netherlands. Has that song since like been covered and whatnot? Um, oh, I'm not sure. Possibly. Because, like, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, I recognise this. But like I said, I've never put, never, like, listened to Rod Stewart and wouldn't have been able to name any of his songs. So I assumed that Sailing I would have heard through someone else doing it. Mm. But I mean, what's Stewart's okay. known for I Sailing? I anyone. No. What's Stewart? I mean, not them. Maybe I've just no. heard it and never known that it was Rod Stewart. So during the 1970s, he had five number one albums between 1971 and 1976. Following the disco and new wave period of the late 70s and early 80s, which weren't really Stuart's genre, he turned to a soft rock style with five from the six of his studio albums reaching the top 10 on the UK album chart. So he changed, I said genres changed, and he isn't, uh, and probably why I'm not really a fan, he's, it's not his genre. So he changed to soft rock and was obviously successful with that. He's definitely a rock star, that's for sure. Yeah. 
although his singles didn't have quite the same success. Um, he still had a number one, however, with Baby Jane in both Germany and Ireland. And I'd like to say that's what I've put as his number one. You know, I said I've only put him as one. Yeah. Baby Jane. Uh-huh. So in 1991, both Rhythm of the Heart and the Motown song reached number one in Canada, with the former also reaching top spot in Ireland. So that's 1991, and he's still, still um, getting number ones. Wow. One of his biggest hits was the 1993 power ballad, All for Love, which was with Brian Adams and Sting. Imagine that, those big three. It was from the motion picture, The Three Musketeers soundtrack. Although the song is seen more of a Brian Adams record due to his co-writing credits with Rob Lang and Michael Kamen, the song reached number one in 16 countries. And and in the US alone, it stayed at number one for three consecutive weeks selling 1.2 million copies. But then again, with those three big names, yeah. it's going to be a big, yeah. because they have such a massive fan base. In Canada, it actually knocked Brian Adams' Please Forgive Me single off number one after that single had been there for six weeks. All for Love would remain at the number one spot for five weeks meaning Brian Adams was at the number one position in his native Canada for 11 weeks. I mean, you can't complain with that, can you? <laughs> but also it's his native, so people are going to be like... Yeah, oh, yeah he's like, Canadian, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, Rodgers received numerous awards, um, including in... You 90- just call him Rodgers. Rod has received. Oh, uh, I thought you said yeah. Rodders. No, he's not. He's not in Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> Rod Stewart has received numerous awards, including 1993 a Brit Award for outstanding contribution to music. 1994, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of I think he's. We haven't had many of them, have we? No, nah, not at all. No. He's one of the very few. Yeah. Uh, 2005, he received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Fair enough. 2007, he was awarded a CBE. Oh, okay. 2016, he was appointed a knight and became Sir Rod. Rodney. Didn't know that. Did not know that about him. In 2012, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Faces. I was going to be like, he's already in there. What? That's why there was a pause. I was waiting for you to say, I was seeing if you was, you know, with it. Um, 1999. He was awarded an Ivor Novello Lifetime Achievement Award. That's an up there award, isn't it, for um, musicians, isn't it? Yeah. 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 
In 2001, he received the first Diamond Award from the World Music Awards for over 100 million record sales sold worldwide. Wow. wow. So blooming heck, he's so he is massive, isn't he? He is massive. But I've never really, but like I said, I think he's quite niche with who listens to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I'd probably agree. As I say, I'm not. I mean, I like some of his songs. Um, I can't remember which ones now, but when I was listening to him from when I was doing it, Young Turks do like that. Okay. Yes, and obviously some guys have all the luck. Why do you say obviously? Like, I, d- I, d- I don't know. I just did. <laughs> Um, Sailing actually isn't his song. It was released in 1972 by the Sutherland Brothers. It was composed by Gavin Sutherland. Um, It is known as a 1975 international hit for Rod Stewart, which is why I've automatically always thought it was his song. So, yeah, no, it was um, it was a Sutherland Brothers hit in 1972 and it was written by Gavin Sutherland. Um, but that is the only two versions. That there it okay. I must know it from just Rod Stewart then. Yeah. Like I didn't I weren't listening to it and thinking, I know this, but I don't recognise this version. Um, but I just thought I don't know many Rod Stewart. Maybe I've heard this somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But no, it will be Rod Stewart. So his songs. Yes. 1975 Sailing Not written by Rod Stewart As I now know Not even an original Rod Stewart song It's also quite sad That it's what he's known for I I think he's known for a hell of a lot more Like Maggie Maggie um, Forgotten now You said it before Yeah, Um, Maggie May Yes Maggie May That's what you said Yeah so he was he was no, he's known for that and obviously um baby jane but where yeah. do you think he was bigger 70s or 80s oh definitely 70s right okay so 1975 sailing number one do you know what when you said about ones being outside of the 80s and then you were talking about sailing i was going to be like that's going to be a number one yeah um, How- but i just because obviously I just thought, but then I guess it's harder when it comes to soloists. They might have been like Rod Stewart. One, they could be from the 70s or two, they could have been a band before. Because when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, your first song isn't going to be a number one. You're not going to come in and have a number one straight away. But then I guess sometimes I do forget. He's got like, loads with more. The, yeah, like with the bands a lot we were doing a lot that were formed in the 80s so when i was listening to them the first song i had would have been their first hit in the 80s they weren't anything before then yeah. whereas i forget that these people could have been before the 80s so i mm. but i've still in the mindset that your first song that i've listened to is not going to be a number one so i thought sailing would but i put myself thinking about that and was like that's nah, not going to be a number one it's the first it's his first hit no but yeah it yeah. is a good one and yes, of course, it's a number one. It deserves to be there. It's definitely stood the test of time, that one. It is slow, but it builds up, and that's what I like. Yeah. 
It was re-released in 1987, right. where it only got to number 41. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can see the difference in the music style from the 1970s mm. to then Today, over just yeah. over 10 years later, 12 years, mm. 11, 11, 12 years. Um, yeah. Number wasn't even in the top 40. That is mad. Especially since that, like I say, that song has stood the test of time. Yeah. Um, I left it out earlier because I didn't want to spoil it. But the next one is probably his most known song. And that's the reason I gave you it. It's actually from 1978. Do You Think I'm Sexy? And that also got to number one. Oh, OK. I did say the one that the 80s will be Rod Stewart. Well, I recognise this one as I did Sailing. Um, the chorus is so catchy. And I don't know how to explain it, but it's quite a jolly tune. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Okay, so now we're into the 80s. So, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. That got to number 23. Okay. I feel like this one's a bit more of a background song. So, I can see why it's a bit slumped down in the 20s. It's just... A a quiet song and it's not got much to it if i'm honest okay also 1980 passion number 17 okay this is a slowly building up song so i quite like that but it's got a few of those blooming instrumentals so that lacks it for me okay number 80 no sorry 1980 again my girl number 32 See, I enjoyed this one more than Passion. It's quite a calming and swaying song, and it just shows that different side to his vocals. Like, I don't know, it's just a bit more pure. So now we're going into 1981. Tonight I'm Yours, Don't Hurt Me. Number eight. Oh, yeah, that deserves to be up there. It's got a bit of a long intro, so that lets it down for me. Um but it does get me with the first beat. Oh, like it had me. I was like, oh, okay, yep, yeah, I'm here. I like this. Um, he, it's a bit of a shouty song, but I don't mind it. Um, it's just very catchy. Okay. Still in 1981, Young Turks, number 11. Okay, it's fast-paced and it's got a good beat. Yeah, I like it. 1983, Baby Jane, uh, probably the song that, Got him noticed in the 80s, I suppose. Um, and you're right, number one. Ah, yes. This was also one of my favourites. I say one of because I had two. Um, I really like his voice on this. He's got great vocals and the way it's sung, I just feel like it's quite an original song. Like, I don't think anyone could, catch, could match it. Um, and again, it's a catchy one. Okay. 1983, What Am I Gonna Do? Got to number three. Okay, nice flowing song, softer. So it's a bit of a background one, but it's not a bad. It's not not bad. 1983 still, Sweet Surrender, number 23. Okay, it shows off his vocals. Got very good music in the background. 1984, Infatuation, number 27. See, I think this one should be higher. It's not like my, it's not a favourite, but it's definitely an up there one. And it has a definite 80s feel to it. 
So I would have assumed it would have been like quite good hitting in the 80s. Um, the only thing that lets it down for me is it's not got much content to it, but I like the sounds, that 80s sound. 1984 still. Some guys have all the luck. Number 15. Okay, it's got a nice upbeat undertone, but I feel like it's quite a deep song, like the meaning behind it. 1986, Love Touch, number 27. Okay, really upbeat, gets you moving. And on the video, this said it was something to do with a film called Legal Eagles, which I'd never heard of. No, I no. can't say I have. 1986, Every Beat of My Heart, number two. Oh, okay. This is a bit of a ballad. Sing your heart out. This was nearly a favourite of mine, so it's an up there. So I agree with the chart placing. It's got a good build-up. 1988, Lost in You, number 21. Okay, this has such a long intro. Oh, couldn't. It's very rocky. And do you know what I do like about this song? Is it's opposite to what you'd normally have. You know, usually your verses would be quite calm and your chorus would be that upbeat, catchy um, tune. Well, this one has quite upbeat verses and the chorus is really calm. So I quite liked that. It was something different. Okay. So now we're going into the 90s. 1990, Downtown Train, number 10. Okay, this is another ballad, and I feel like he's good at ballads. Um, this is nice and heartfelt. Okay. 1990 again, It Takes Two, a duet with Tina Turner. Number five. Ooh, I'll take that, though. I love a bit of Tina. This is my second favourite. I did recognise it, hence why I had two favourites, because I never do a recognised one. Um, they work really well together. I love their vocals together. And it's just a really catchy song. I love okay, it. Okay, so 1991, Rhythm of, the, of My Heart, which, as I've already said, got to number one in Canada and Ireland. Over mm. in the UK, or over here in the UK, it got to number three. Okay. He's got passion in this song. And I should have mentioned this before. I can hear bagpipes in this song. Hear what? It makes sense. I can hear bagpipes. Oh, well, yeah. Bagpipes yeah, in there. So, yeah. Um, but no, he's just really passionate in this song. You can tell that he really, like, there's deep meaning in this song for him. And then lastly, 1991 Motown song, which, as I've already said, got to number one in Canada, got mm -hmm. to number 10 in the UK, which meant, which is why I gave you four songs from the 90s. Those four songs are all in the top 10. And this is from a, an a, um, artist who started out in 1962. And he's still getting top 10 songs in the 90s. Some good songs, like Motown song, that one. Great song, upbeat, sing along. And it's like that, something a bit different for him as well. Um, now I know it's in the 90s, you can obviously see that he's changing his genre and like tweaks to stay with the times. Okay, moving on to Marvin Gaye. Yes, I would have said about sexual healing, and I feel like he is referenced in quite a few songs 
so yeah i'd heard of him he for me an r&b um he's got very few videos he's suited and booted i just feel like he's a really cool guy um he has a nice balance of chilled and upbeat umness within his songs like within the songs itself it's not like one of his songs is chilled one of them's upbeat within the same song i feel like you can chill out but it's got that oomph to it he's got a great voice very soulful um and i feel like he's mostly known for sexual healing like i say it's referenced a bit um he's a proper singer and do you know what he loves it like it, his songs are quite love songs, but not cringy like singing your heart out and loving or they've got that underlying you know people could dance to it at a wedding kind of thing okay so marvin gay is from washington dc us He's been active since 1957. Really? Yeah. I feel like that's one of the oldest people we've ever had. <laughs> He's a singer, songwriter, record producer. His genres are, well, when I say singer, songwriter, he's a vocalist and but also keyboards and drummer. Okay. So he's a musician. Um, his uh, genres are, R&B, soul, funk, jazz, and gospel. Okay. I definitely only feel a soul and R&B. Maybe a bit of jazz. I can see that in there. Gospel? Well, that that's, like, his, that's oh, his background. I was going to say, but gospel, it's not like choir music, is it? It's a different type of feel, yeah. isn't it? Gospel, yeah. Yeah. So, born Marvin Pence Gay, that's G-A-Y, Junior. Oh, right. His dad was a church minister, and Gay started singing in the church when he was just four years old. Oh, wow. After one performance at a school play, aged 11, Gay was encouraged to pursue a professional music career. So Gay began to take singing much more seriously in junior high school, where he joined and became a singing star with Randall Junior High School Glee Club. Oh, yeah. OK. In 1956, he enlisted in the US Air Force as a basic airman. However, he was to perform menial labor, not working on jet planes as he had hoped. So he feigned mental illness and was given a general discharge. He formed a vocal group with his friend Reese Palmer after being discharged from the Air Force um, and soon began working with Bo Diddley, who assigned the group to Columbia Records, subsidiary OK Records, which is OKEH, after yeah. he had failed to get them signed to his own record label, Chess. So that's Bo Diddley's own record. Yeah, so he's a singer right. with, and he's he's contracted to Chess. He'd obviously heard them. Ah, okay. He wanted to get them, he wanted, you know, to get them so to the signed up, label. but they didn't. And yeah. then he got them signed to Columbia Records subsidiary, OK Records. Okay. With you. So yeah. the group's sole single was Wyatt Earp, co-written with Bo Diddley. The mm -hmm. single failed to chart and they were promptly dropped by their record label. Harvey Fuqua 
then got involved with the group and under his direction they changed their name to Harvey and the New Moon Glows. The reason they were called the New Moon Glows is Moon Glows was Harvey's original band. Right. So basically he's taken over this band. Yeah. Yeah. To try and make it again. Yeah. In 1960, the group disbanded and Gay relocated to Detroit with Foucault, where he signed with Tri-Fi Records as a session musician playing drums. Gay got to perform Motown president Berry Gordy's house during December 1960. Gordy was impressed and sought Foucault on his contract with Gay. So Foucault had a contract already with Gay. Right. Now um, Gordy wanted to find out about that. So Foucault agreed to sell part of his interest in his contract with Gay. And shortly after, Gay signed with Motown subsidiary Tamla. So while while with Tamla, Gay performed more as a jazz singer and had no desire to become an R&B performer. It's around this time Gay started to spell his name with the added E to silence rumours of his sexuality and to put distance between himself and his father who had had extramarital affairs, which obviously was quite big back then, but even more so when he's a church minister. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, not something... I don't blame him as well with the uh, obviously changing his name, not only to do with his dad, but about his sexuality. So Gay released his first single, Let Your Conscience Be Your Guide, in May 1961, along with his debut album, The Soulful Moods of Marvin Gay. A month later, however, his recordings failed commercially and he spent the rest of 1961 performing as a session musician, as a drummer. His first solo success came in 1962 with Stubborn Kind of Fellow, reaching number 8 on the R&B chart and number 46 on the Billboard Hot 100. While his dance song, Hitchhike, gave him his first top 40 charting single at number 30 on the Billboard Hot 100. In 1963, Gay achieved his first top 10 single when Pride and Joy peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. It also reached number 2 on the R&B chart. In 1965, I'll Be Doggery and Ain't That Peculiar both reached number 8 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 1 or number sorry number yeah number one on the R&B chart. In 1968, "Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing" also made number eight on the Hot 100 and number one on the R&B. And it was later in 1968 where Gay had his biggest success when "I Heard It Through the Grapevine" reached number one on both the Billboard Hot 100 and the R&B charts. Oh, so that made a difference in his career, that one, didn't it? Yeah. So Gay continued having success in the early 70s, 
with What's Going On, Mercy, Mercy Me, and Trouble Man. Then in 1973, Let's Get It On equaled the success of I Heard It Through the Grapevine when topping both charts of Billboard Hot 100 and R&B. And Gay again topped both charts in 1977 with Got To Give It Up, Give It Up. So that's three wow. songs that have hit number one on both R&B and um, the Billboard yeah. Hot 100. And this and is from a jazz singer who said he would never do R&B. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. It was obviously his calling. Yeah. In 1982, he achieved his last charting single when Sexual Healing peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 while also making number one on the R&B chart. In 1984, on April 1st, Gay interview, intervened in a fight between his parents in the family home in Los Angeles. Gay ended up in a physical alteration with his father, Marvin Gay Sr., who ended up shooting Gay twice once in his chest piercing his heart and then his shoulder the shooting took place in gay's bedroom with the first shot proving fatal he was pronounced dead shortly after his body arrived at california hospital a day shy of his 45th birthday he was killed by his dad yes what Oh, my God. Was his dad prisoned? I don't know what happened with his dad. You'd guess so, because it's murder. What an awful man. What an awful man. I did not know that. Oh, my God. In 1986, two years after his death, his song, I Heard It Through the Grapevine, was used as a Levi's jeans advert, or sorry, was used on a Levi's jeans advert, and saw the single re-released 17 years after it had originally been released and proved to be a success. While in 1994, the album, The Very Best of Marvin Gaye, charted at number three on the UK album chart. Marvin Gaye earned the nicknames of Prince of Motown and Prince of Soul during his career. In 1987, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame due to his contribution to soul music and Motown. In 1990, he received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And in 2023, Gay was ranked at number 20 on Rolling Stones magazine top 200 singers of all time. It's just and a shame that all weren't around to see any of that. Yeah, exactly. That's really, that's such a sad story. Mm. Did not know that about him. What so, a horrible man. I'm sorry. Killed your own son. Yeah. And he was a church minister. Yeah. That's just not normal, is it? Well, I don't know if he was right. still then, but yeah. Well, no, was. he probably wasn't. But what I mean is, like, that's yeah, what yeah. he. 
yeah. was. Yeah. So you'd think that your like beliefs and ways of life would be a bit different than killing your son for intervening yeah. in an argument with his mum. Mad. So. 1967 it oh, takes wow. two with kim weston got to number 16 recognize the chorus but i didn't recognize the song if that makes sense um mm -hmm. a good duet i think they work well together and i feel like it's a feeling good type of song and very fast pace okay 1969 I heard it through the grapevine. Number one. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I did recognise it. It's sing along, catchy. It's quite calm, but it's got that something to it. Yeah. Um. So it, it is a good one. It definitely deserves its place. Yeah. So as I said, it was then used on a Levi jeans advert and was re-released. Yeah. So in 1986, it hit the charts again, and this time got to number eight. Which isn't bad going, considering how long after it was. Yeah. Yeah. 1982, Sexual Healing got to number four. Okay, I weren't expecting that. I put that down as one of my number ones, so I got that wrong. Um, it's just a classic. Um just got everything it's great and his vo vocals are amazing 1983 my love is waiting number 34 yeah i'd put this as one of his down there songs with me as well um it's chilled out it's got good music an awful song it's just not his best yeah and then 2013 if he's already dead how Ain't No Mountain High Enough got to number 80 with Tammy Terrell. How have they, I'm guessing it was like re-released. Yeah, like so I don't know whether it's already been recorded and they released it or they somehow digitally put his voice in. Like what I said yeah. that they've done with Michael Jackson since yeah. his death. Mm. Yeah. Well, that was my favourite, but it would be sexual healing. Um, but I just feel like that's too known. Um, ain't no mountain high enough. I didn't know he'd sung that, not gonna lie. Um, it's very catchy, it's just feel good. You can't help but bob along to it. Again, I think it's another classic. Okay, so moving on to Jeffrey Osborne. How many more number ones do we have to find? I can't remember how many I said now. Six. Six. So you've had. Well, I said six, but three were in the 80s. Yeah. So you've yeah. had Sailing, which was outside. You've had Do You Think yeah. I'm Sexy, which was outside. You've had Baby Jane, which was inside. Yeah. And you've had, I heard it I through heard the grapevine, which was outside. We've got two more to find in that inside the 80s. Okay. That's fine. Okay. So but see, I've got to, I've Osborne. got two more as well that I said would be a number one. Oh, right, okay. So if I'm see if I'm right. Jeffrey Osborne. Yes. So I think he's R&B and soul as well. And I feel like he's a singer that really captures people. Like so many people would have danced to his songs. Again, he's a love song singer, but not in the cringy way. He just does it in a really beautiful way. 
um, he's got a really good voice and he knows exactly what his style is and he sticks to it. Um, no videos, no, so I don't actually know what he looks like. Okay. Or like how he dressed or any impact of his videos. So Jeffrey Osborne is from Providence, Rhode Island in the US. He's been active in the music business since 1970. He's a singer, songwriter and a drummer. And he is R&B, soul and disco. So Osborne began his music career as a member of American soul band Love Men Limited in 1970, who would later be known as LTD. So limited for short. So they were known as Love Men Limited and then were just known as LTD. Limited, basically. Yeah. The band had hit singles such as Every Time I Turn Around, Back in Love Again in 1977, Concentrate on You and Love Ballad, both from 1976, and Holding On When Love Is Gone in 1978. So Osborne was originally only a drummer, sharing lead vocals with his brother, Billy. But by 1976, he became the group's lead vocalist. Then in 1980, both Osborne and his brother left the band to start solo careers. Osborne had sang lead vocals on LTD's three number one songs on the R&B chart. So he was a singer. It just took him that little bit of time to get yeah. noticed within that band. And I think the fact that he was the singer on their biggest hits, obviously. That's a lot, doesn't it? Then, then hence he went as a soloist. So as a soloist, he had early success with singles, On the Wings of Love and I Really Don't Need No Light. Both charting, both, both charting on the Billboard Hot 100 at number 29 and number 39, respectively. Hang on, no. So did you just say On the Wings of Love? Yeah. I've got that as my second song. But that weren't you not, you're not talking about the 80s there, are you? No. Remember, what's been released in America may be different to the UK. Oh, yes, I forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might be that that was released, I can't remember when I said, or I didn't have a, haven't got a, um, a year, actually. Um, so it might have been released on the back of right. that yeah, other that. song, depending on how successful yeah, yeah. it was. Okay, with you. In 1985, Osborne wrote the lyrics to the Whitney Houston hit All at Once, which reached the top five in both Belgium and the Netherlands. Fair enough. I His high end, highest charting hit was a duet with Dionne Warwick on her album song Love Power, which reached number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. Osborne's last album release was his 12th studio album in, in, 2000, sorry, in 2018, Worth It All, which didn't chart. But he was still releasing albums in 2018. Yeah. Going, 
well, in 2018 it was, but not necessarily. So oh, that just means that he really likes doing it. I like yeah. that. And he's a writer, and as I say, he's written for so osborne did have a number one single in 1988 with she's on the left which got to number one on the rmb chart but only reached number 48 on the billboard hot 100 meaning he had a number one on the rmb chart as both a soloist and as the lead singer of the group yeah yeah but and it's sad it's like oh you got a number one but not a proper number one. But no, then in America, I guess it's still, still like a big, big thing because... Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, in America, it would still be a big thing because of how much variety of music there is. Yeah. So you, you've got to have all these different charts. Yeah. Anyway. So I'm just quickly looking now at um, the year it was... Um released in america compared to in in the uk so yeah 1982 on the rings of love was released right, in the okay. us and as you'll find out it was 1984 two years later oh wow okay so there the was a but it was still in the 80s yeah. right okay so, Jeffrey Osborne, 1984, Stay With Me Tonight, which actually was released in 1983 in the US. Okay, so he did fit. But then I guess if that's where you're from, you want to do it there, see how it goes before yeah. releasing it to the rest of the world. Yeah. So it did get to number four on the RMB and number 30 on the US. Over here in the UK, it got to number 18 in the top 40 chart. That's not bad, you know. And it's got a good beat and a good tempo, and it's just a good all the way throughout song. Like it's a good steady song, I'd say. And then on the back of that, they released "On the Wings of Love" also in 1984 over in the UK, after it had obviously been a hit in um, the US, mm-hmm. and um, it got to number eleven. Oh, okay. This was my favourite out of the two. I think it's a classic love song, soulful, and you can just sway along with it. I think it's great. Fantastic. Okay. So moving on to Steve Silk Hurley. Mm, I don't know if I have anything to say. Do I need to say anything about him? I'm sure you know. There's no videos, no idea what he looks like, (laughs) nothing to really say about him. I've gone for hip-hop. Or, hang on, is it hip-hop? Or there's one where they basically are a DJ. All he is is like a producer or something. There's no, there's nothing there. I literally, I've written. Do I have to say anything to you? Okay. Well, I'll, you I'll let you know. know. I'll let you know what I have to say about him. And there's not a lot either that I've either that I've got to say really. So Steve Silk Hurley is from Chicago, Illinois, US. He's been active in the music business since 1983. He's a singer, songwriter, DJ record producer remixer and his genre is house music and obviously you got to think when it was yeah 
Well, you wouldn't know when it was, but I will. No, I wouldn't. But House, yeah. yeah, I can see House with it now. So during the nineteen eighties, Hurley gained worldwide fame on the D as the DJ on the Saturday Night Live "Ain't No Jive Dance Party Show." Hurley was known for his mixing style, which was different to the usual radio or club house DJ mixing, as Hurley's style incorporated not only beat matching, but also scratching, beat juggling, cutting, needle dropping, and backspinning, which was seen as advanced technique by hip hop DJs. And he done all this under the name of Steve Silk hurley with silk coming from his dj name jack master silk and can i just say all those things that you said like needle dropping yeah come on you know what they they all are no they just don't sound like good things do they Like no. they, they just sound awful in itself let alone then listen well certainly not the scratching Cutting and needle dropping, dropping. but the beat juggling sort of that, you know. That could be a talent. Yeah. But yeah, when it's all just sounds, no, Mm. no, no. So his DJ name was Jack Master Silk, which is where the silk comes from. And then he put that into his name, Steve Hurley, and he became Steve Silk Hurley. So he started to release singles through RCA Records with his first release, I Can't, sorry, with his third release, I Can't Turn Around, hitting number one on the US Dance Club chart. While his biggest hit outside of America was Jack Your Body, Hurley released two albums, Hold On To Your Dream in 1987 and Work It Out in 1989, with the single Work It Out being his last top 10 hit on the US dance chart at number three, while his last charting single, The Word Is Love, Say The Word, charted at number 15 in Italy, which is also known as Silk's Anthem of Life. Hurley is a two-times remixer of the year in 1999 and 2000. Mm. I mean, I say that, but it's like, okay, cool. Carry on, mate. So, Steve Silk Hurley Mm. in 1987 released Jackie Body, Jack, 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 Jackie Body. I and don't know um, why you're singing it like you think like it was a big like hit. Got inside the top ten. No, no, it's not. It's not. Got inside the top five. Steve Silk Hurley was number one in nineteen eighty seven on the UK. Nah, top nah you're 40 lying. Chart. You're lying. Number that one. Was not... What year? Nineteen eighty seven. People were ill that year. They were ill. No one went out apart from very few people that got this um, single. That, oh, I can't believe that. Number one. Ah, That's probably the worst number one you've ever told me, ever. 
while you get over that shock yeah here is the chart from 1987 january the 18th at number one it's jack your body by still seek hurley i refuse at number two reet petite by jackie wilson at number three is this love alison moyer at number four c'est la vie robbie nebel at number five no more the fool elkie brooks at number six it's big fun by the gap band at number seven it's surrender by swing out sister at number eight it didn't matter by the star council at number ten Will Wild Child, Wild One, Iggy Pop. So that was the top ten. Do you know what though? Can the I? Week, those? It was still number one. Nah. Yeah, it was number one for two okay. weeks. That's it's right. chart in history so, when eighteen. But listen, but listen, the the week that it was the first number one. The first week it was number one. I don't recognise anyone else off of that list, right? But there's no one big that he's having to fight with. Style counts. So yeah, but by that time they were a bit further down the line, weren't they? And that might not have been a good song of theirs. But my point is he's not really fighting for things. He's not got no. much fight. Like he's well, not was, got much The late eighties people and didn't so really, as I said, it was it was the, it was coming out of eighties the 80s pop synth pop yeah. electronic that was all finished well not finished but people weren't buying it as in their like they were and it was now hip-hop house music so anything like this jive bunny as i've said already when we've done the groups mm. you know they put all these i mean number two i said was um Reet petite by jackie wilson that's an old song Reet petite so yeah so he count. was 18 when he first released, and it was number two, then number one, number one, number three, number eight, number 20, number 35, and then number 50. So Yeah, don't count. Yeah. Don't count. He actually knocked Wheat Petite off of number one. Good for him, but it don't count. So that's one of your number ones for this week. There you go. No, I don't You'll think. enjoy that one from the uh, late 80s. I don't think that should count. Well, it was number one officially. No, no not with one. me. Okay. Um, I won't let you borrow my singing. As you can tell. Nah, okay. shut up. You don't have that. You're better than that, Dad. If you had that, I don't even know what I'd think of you anymore. <laughs> Percy Sledge, we're going to talk about now. Yes. I he's just a one hit wonder. Um, I don't want to say too much because obviously he only had one song, so anything that I do have to say is kind of just about that one song. Um, didn't really see him in a video or anything, so can't say anything about that. Um, but I've gone with Soul. I really, I've never noticed, but I actually quite like a bit of Soul. Mm. Didn't know I liked a bit of Soul until this week. Okay, so. Percy Sledge from Layton, Alabama, US. Been active since 1960. He's These a, people are old. He's a singer, R&B, 
soul traditional pop. So, Sledge started out as a gospel singer like Marvin Gaye before moving into soul and R&B music. After working at Colbert County Hospital in Sheffield, Alabama, and while working as a and while working, a former patient introduced a mutual friend, Quinn Ivy, a record producer, to Sledge. And following an audition, Sledge was signed to a recording contract. So it was literally luck that he was spotted. He was obviously singing on the ward, and a patient knew yeah. liked it. He had a friend. There. Who, who was a record producer, told him about him. He went for an audition and got signed. I quite like that. So, Sledge's soulful voice was a perf- was perfect for a series of soul ballads, ballads produced by Ivy, with rock critic Dave Marsh calling them emotional classics for romantics of all ages. With Sledge's first song recorded under the new contract being released in 1966. The single was When a Man Loves a Woman. But that's the song that I've got. Which was a number one hit on both the Billboard Hot 100 and the R&B singles chart. And was awarded a million selling gold certificate. Certified disc from the Recording Industry Association of America, RIA, as we've come across before. Although Sledge's next two singles both charted well on the R&B singles chart, Warm and Tender Love got to number five, number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100, and It Tears Me Up, number seven, and number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100, he didn't have any other successes until 1968 when Take Time to Know Her charted at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 6 on the R&B singles chart. This would be his last commercial success until a Levi's commercial. Again? God, they again, like whipping you up, don't they? Used When a Man Loves a Woman and saw the single re-released in 1987 over 20 years after the song's original Ah. success so this guy was basically a 60s 70s guy yeah and we only happened to have heard of him in the 80s because Because of of levi's right okay and it is a well no i don't know if when i'm at or i think it was actually through the grapevine which obviously we had earlier um, it's a very so Levi's was a big thing in the eighties. Levi's five oh ones, and they had a big marketing. They had, they were you, you, know, you, you saw yeah, and they d- they didn't have a zip. They had buttons. You just ripped them open. Um, <laughs> they um they so they're button flies, which as I found is yeah, yeah. fine until you um strain your thumb. I couldn't I couldn't do them back up. I'd fallen over and hurt my Why? thumb. Literally hurt it. Couldn't you know? Oh, I thought you meant it was fine until you had to do them up. But no, you'd done something to your thumb, thumb and then and then, you so couldn't I couldn't. Do them up. Okay, I, I mean, I'm doing it because you just ripped them apart. Yeah, but doing them up, obviously, it's like doing a button, but they're quite hard. What you got to and do? You because it was my 
right hand and I'm right handed, I couldn't do, I had trouble doing yeah, them. It's not like you can go to someone, can you just do my flies up? You know, I mean, it's hard enough if you'd strained your thumb trying to do your zip up, but no, trying to do buttons up, it was, it, I've, I found out very hard. But anyway, enough of that. I digress. Um, Levi's were having this good marketing thing and it, yeah, yeah. it was really good. So it was a, I can't think of who the other brand was. Lee's, Lee Cooper, I think was one. Right. There might have been another one. But there was like a, a wall going on with jeans at the time in the 80s. So jeans was a big fashion wham you wore jeans george michael so it become a fashion jeans not a thing before then really no i mean they were but not big 70s was known for their flares and what have you but the 80s was jeans jeans are a staple jeans are a staple in life no yeah but not have really existed before yeah so um i mean it did but it really got commercialized i suppose because of the pop yeah. music and everything um so anyway and you had ripped jeans and that you know and things like that yeah. obviously which aha yeah. was known for um but yeah so they used they had this marketing tool where they used old songs because you got to remember because of what's happening with jive bunny there was this old people were into old songs they yeah, were coming yeah. back yeah. And so they used them in their their um, commercials. And one of the commercials, which I think is the one with Through the Grapevine, was Nick Kamen. Who's that? In, well, you've got him later. And I thought we'd yeah. had him. If you remember, I said I've done this whole thing and it was someone who. Yes, I do remember you saying well, that now. He yeah, was a yeah. model and he stripped in the laundrette to the sound of, I think it's pretty sure I'm, it was, I heard it through the grapevine. And you see all these old women who are in the laundrette looking over at him and, you know, eyeing him up. And he strips down to his 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 wife once. But right. it was the taking off of the Levi's and putting them into the into the laundrette or the, into the. Yeah, yeah. And it was a big it, it was a mass. Everyone knew about it. everyone spoke about it. Everyone knew it. And obviously, yeah, I heard it through the grapevine. I thought that was a song that was you. And Levi's just. It was like the John Lewis Christmas adverts. Levi's was a bit like that. When, oh, have you seen the new Levi's advert? That's how it was in the 80s. Okay. So, yeah. Look them up. I'm sure they're on YouTube. Just look up Levi's on YouTube. And you'll hear the soundtrack. And they're all old songs. So, yeah. (gasps) I type in Levi advert, right, on YouTube. The first one to come up. Like, you know, as like, it comes up with suggested yeah. to finish your sentence. Nick Kamen. There you so. go. That'd be the laundrette. There you go. Yeah. And I think it was, um, I, I think that song was I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Anyway, we're talking Percy Sledge. Levi's had a commercial that used um, When a Man Loves a Woman, yeah. which was obviously Percy Sledge's song. Um, and that was released in 1987 um, or re-released and it was 20 years after the song's original success and when you think that Percy Sledge himself has had no real success for two decades his last success was in the late 60s he's had nothing through the 70s as such and certainly nothing in the 80s and suddenly here he is at 1987 with a re-release of a song from 20 years ago and suddenly he's big again 
Yeah. In 2005, Sledge was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then Even in 20... Really known for one song. Yeah, really much. Um, unfortunately, in 2015, Sledge died from liver cancer at the age of 74. Cancer gets so many people. Yeah. Percy well, Sledge. I really yeah. Go on, where did it come? When a man loves a woman in 1966, got to number four. Right. In 1987, it was re-released on the back of a Levi's advert, believe it or not. It got to number two. But I guess it would if it's a Levi advert. That's a very big thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it was, so you know, if, it's a bit like um, back in the day you wanted it. to be the James Bond singer song you know the, the singers of yeah, the people yeah, used yeah. for james bond because it would yeah. you know you'd pretty much guaranteed a top 10 if it was a decent song because people would buy it and the same with if you're on a levi's commercial you're getting a hell of a lot of airtime yeah. for free exactly. you're not having to do anything no levi's are, um, are paying for it as long as they have a really good advert which nine times out of ten they did your song's there and yeah yeah. And has been proved now with two songs, both charting in the top ten. Mm. Number eight for well, I've heard it through the grapevine. Number two for when a man loves a woman. Well, I really like when a man loves a woman. I recognised it. It's slow but meaningful. Yeah. Great ballad, pure vocals, beautiful song. Okay. So we move on to my nearly forgotten human. Sam Cook, who yeah. I just want to say I haven't written it in because I didn't know the reason why, but like Marvin Gaye, he put an E on the end of his name. He was Cook, C double O K, but when he became a musician, he added the E to become Cook with it, but with an E. But you don't know. The so reason. I don't know whether it was because people were thinking he was a chef. I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> doubt joke, it, but, but yeah. You, you, you try. Um, well, I've gone again, R&B soul. He's a slow singer. He's one that knows what works for him. And he's another love song singer, um, but not cringy way. Um, I really, really like these songs that I've had this week. Like, not all of them. Um, and I think Sam Cooke's quite young. Okay. And he dresses quite smartly. But I think what? he's like the youngest looking. Not that I've been able to see all of them, um, because not all of them have had like videos and whatnot. Yeah. Um it explains now I know how old some of the songs are, it explains why they didn't really have videos. Mm. Um but yeah, he's quite young looking. Okay. So Sam Cook is from Clarksdale, Mississippi, US. He's been active. Now you said Marvin Gaye was the oldest actor or the 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 earliest yeah. from 1957. Yeah. Um, Sam Cooke, the youngest, the young, the youngster, as you said, he's been active oh, in the music funny. business since 1951. Well, he aged blooming well then, because <laughs> he looked well young in the video that I saw. That was in the 80s. Blooming it, 1951. These people are old. That's mad. 
but quite funny you saying this is the youngest he's young <laughs> and i'm thinking well he's actually 1951 you said marvin gay was the <laughs> so he's a singer songwriter and you're right it's soul r&b and gospel so although born samuel cook he was known professionally as sam cook with an e yeah okay and is considered as one of the most influential soul artists of all time okay he was you originally say when you say things like that i'm always like but they're not a big household name so how but then i guess if you're a musician you you're always gonna what what were they influenced to be a musician and it would have been the songs they were listening yeah, to. yeah that's what i mean yeah so like us as listeners might not necessarily know him but when you're a musician you probably know a hell of a lot more artists than we ever will and yeah. you're influenced by so many more yeah especially if it's like if you're really into that type of music yeah. but it always baffles me when they're like the most influential and i'm like but they're not that big yeah so he was originally the lead singer of the group the soul stirrers and went solo in 1957, which is when Marvin Gaye started out. So although he had a short career, he released a string of hit songs, including You Send Me, A Change Is Gonna Come, Cupid, Wonderful World, Chain Gang, Twisting the Night Away, Bring It On Home To Me, and good times and between all between 1957 and 1964 so he had hits with all of those right, between okay. 1957 and 1964 with so using really me at number one on the billboard hot 100 in 1957 and hence why he is seen as a original person the influential he had a hit back in 1957 with um send you you send me um and, and Chen Gang, yeah while you were listing all those songs i was here like i swear you said a short career how can you go from the 1950s to at least the 1980s and call that short um, but you've named all the songs that i've had so yeah. i'm guessing all of them were like re-released or something or other for yeah. them to be hits in the 80s so um so he had a hit with you send me at number one on the billboard hot 100 in 1957 and chain gang peaked at number two on the billboard hot 100 in 1960. hook was killed in 1964 at the hacienda at the hacienda <laughs> motel in los angeles with police answering separate reports of a shooting and a kidnapping at the motel. Hook's body was found with a gunshot wound to his chest, which was later determined to have pierced his heart. The motel's manager, Bertha Franklin, said she shot him in self-defence. Eh. The coroner's jury accepted franklin's explanation and returned a verdict of justifiable homicide on the back of an investigation cook's close friend muhammad ali said if if cook had been frank sinatra the fbi would be investigating 
Some have since speculated that Cook's manager, Alan Klein, had a role in his death as Klein owned Tracy Limited, which ultimately owned the rights to Cook's recordings. However, no evidence supporting this conspiracy has ever been presented. So no one actually knows how this man died, no. bar this Bertha Frank, Bertha, whatever yeah. her name is. Who saying, says it was I in self-defense. He yeah. now can't defend himself because he did. Yeah. And as Muhammad Ali says, had it yeah, been Frank Sinatra, who's white, which is probably what he's getting at without yeah. saying yeah, yeah. it, then yeah, yeah. it would be a bigger investigation than yeah. had it been yeah. Sam Cooke, yeah. who was a very influential black singer and had obviously, as I say, you know, got a number one with a soul in America as well. All song um, and a number two in the 1957, 1960. And he's shot and not read. Really, the woman says it. Like, oh, yeah, it's she, fine. She um, defended herself and they agree. Yeah, disgusting. Also, we let it slide. But he was best friends with Muhammad Ali. Yes. Man. Close friend, close friend. Um, still, but still, with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. That's something to shout about that. It is. So, in 1986, Wonderful World was used on a Levi's 501 yeah. commercial. Is this why you put... No, did you know all this before you put these together? I did put these oh. together because of it, yeah. Oh, right, Beautiful. so you yeah, knew Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, no way seven. is this a coincidence. Okay. So, yeah. And so was re-released, even though Cook's career had tragically been cut short, he still recorded 11 studio albums. Oh, he did well. But he's not seeing anything from it. No. Oh, God. In 1986, Cook was inducted into the Rock and Roll, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And in 1987, he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Then yeah. in 1989, he was inducted for a second time into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Soul Stirrers. In 2000. Because it gets mentioned every episode. I think the list would be shorter of the people that haven't made it into the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame than the list of people who have. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. In 2008, Cook was named the fourth greatest singer of all time by Rolling Stone magazine. Oh. While in 2023, he was named as the third greatest singer of all time by the same magazine. So he went up a place. They don't even know about it. In 1999, Cook received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award, although he never actually won a Grammy Award doesn't even know about that it makes me sad when people die and things happen yeah. and they don't even know what they've achieved mm. and that's just it's dodgy i think but then america's dodgy and i think muhammad ali is right right if it was a different race uh, yeah. no more. okay so sam cook 1960 
Wonderful World got to number 27. You're not going to tell me in the 80s. In 1986, it got to number two. Number one was another old song, re-released this time for charity, which you've had. It was Cliff Richard and the Young Ones with Living Doll. Was number one. So it got kept off number one by a charity single, Comic Relief. I put Wonderful World as a number one. Ah. And we've got one more number one to find, and I've got one more number one um, that I've guessed as well. But I would have said Wonderful World. I recognise that one, very upbeat. It's like talking, singing, but it's it's, I don't know, it's just really nicely done. Okay. And then what I've done is I've given you his other two hits, which were right. actually big hits originally. When So Wonderful yeah. World was when it was released in 1960, it only got to number 27. Okay. Right. 1961, Cupid got to number seven. Uh, okay, I get you. So these other two weren't re-released or anything no, in no, the no. 80s, but they were bigger back then. The Wonderful the World, which obviously became a hit in 1987, yeah. on the back of a Levi's commercial. Of course. Uh, well, Cupid was slow, same tempo throughout, weren't a great one. And in 1962... Twisting the night away. Number six. Can I also just add, six is very good. This is my favourite. I'll take uh-huh. it. Right. I have written has an older feel to it, like the 50s slash 60s. Oh, yeah, 1962. Look at me. Um, I'm a genius. Yeah. Um, upbeat, catchy. I just want to get up and dance to it. I really enjoyed that one. That was a good one. Do you know what? This is why I really like that I go in blind because I have no idea. That I just no. assume they were 80s. There you go. Yeah. So, lastly, Ben E. King. Yes. No videos. Don't know who he is, what he looks like, anything like that. I think he's another great talent. But his songs, so you give me two songs, they're very different from one another. Um, I've gone with soul, but I think there's a bit more to him than just soul, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Okay. So Ben E. King from Henderson, North Carolina, US. He's been active since 1958. He's a singer, songwriter, record producer. Um, So he plays piano as well as vocals. Um, he's a soul, R&B, pop, and doo-wop singer. Genre. We've had doo-wop before, but I can't yeah. remember what that is. No, I can't. Just stick to the normal genres. Why are you making stuff? It just doesn't <laughs> make sense. It doesn't. Just stick to, like, your soul, pop, yeah. jazz, country. You know ones that have a different... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like house, and then you have garage. What does that mean? Yeah. It, they they done it in their garage instead of their bedroom? Is that what they, they mean? Got kicked out. Yeah. Why? Like why? Like there are the the top tier genres that have a definitive sound, and then doing this podcast, as we found out, you have random things like scars are a weird one. Never understood that. New wave, basically everything in the eighties. <laughs> Do what? Like it just yeah. That baffles me. It's why I will never guess anything but like the major ones because it's like, 
I don't know. Don't know what that sounds like. Like, do what? You tell me. Why is this? Do yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Pop and electronic. But then we have synth pop and you have sophisty pop. Yeah. Why? And especially like electronic pop and synth pop are basically the same thing. Same. Born Benjamin Earl Nelson, he joined a doo-wop group in 1958 called Five Crowns. Later that year, the Drifters manager, George Treadwell, fired the members of the original group and replaced them with the members of Five Crowns. Right, okay. King, still known as Nelson, had a string of R&B hits with the Drifters and he co-wrote and sang lead on the first hit by the new version of the group. There Goes My Baby, released in 1959 on Atlantic Records. King rarely performed live on tour or TV with the Drifters due to a contract dispute between Treadwell and King, along with his manager, Lover Patterson, where they demanded greater compensation. So... Fellow Drifters member Charlie Thomas would lip sync when the TV shows the songs that King had recorded. Went on TV shows, so so he didn't go live because they wanted more money, or they wanted uh, him and his manager wanted great compensation. Mm, but didn't. the um, the record people didn't want to do that, so um, he just didn't play, and they used someone else to lip sync. Kind of shows how easily you can be replaced, doesn't it? Yeah. So in 1960, King, or Nelson, left the Drifters and assumed the stage name Ben E. King. Ben E. King. So Ben from Benjamin, E for Earl, but he changed his name from Nelson to King, his stage name. Right. So that went, that's got no like story behind it. It just, no, just sounds good. One, Benny King. It's out of his hat. So he remained with Atlantic Records, who released his first solo hit, the ballad Spanish Harlem in 1961. King's next single, Stand By Me, would be voted one of the songs of the century by RIAA, Recording Industry Association of America. The single charted at number four on the billboard in 1961, giving him his second top ten, after Spanish Harlem had charted at number ten. Stand By Me would also top the R&B chart, giving King his first number one, although King's records continued to place well on the Billboard Hot 100, it wouldn't be until 1975 that he'd get his second solo number one when Supernatural Thing topped the R&B chart. The single also peaked at number, fifth, number five sorry, on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay, so he did well back yep. then. And I'm guessing you're going to tell me Levi's were involved. So King would release 25 studio albums between 1961 Whoa. and 2010. Whoa, he went on for decades. In 1986, a reissue of Stand By Me was released on the back of it being used as the theme song for the film oh. Stand By Me. 
Oh, okay. So this wasn't a Levi album. No. Oh. The single re-entered the Billboard Hot 100 Top 10 after a 25-year absence. The reissue also made King the first act to reach the Top 100's Top 10 in the 1950s, 60s, 70s and 1980s. As a drifter and solo artist, King achieved five number ones on the R&B chart. There Goes My Baby and Save the Last Dance for Me with the Drifters, with the latter also topping the Billboard Hot 100 in 1960. And Stand By Me, Supernatural Thing and the, re -re and the re release of Stand By Me as a solo artist. In 1988, King was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Drifters and has been nominated as a solo artist, but never been inducted. Meaning Ben E. King isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as he performed for the Drifters under his real name, Benjamin yeah. Earl yeah. Nelson. Uh, yeah. Although, okay. no, go on, carry on. although King was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2012 with and his songs Stand By Me and Spanish Harlem appear on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. He was also inducted with the Drifters into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame in 2000. In 2015, following a brief illness, King died at the age of 76. He was married for 50 years and had three children and six grandchildren. Meaning that in 2015, we lost two of the, you know, Great soul R&B legends, if you can say that, in Percy Sledge and Benny King in the, oh, in no. the same year. In the same year. Oh. But, right, so off that, one thing I was going to say is, isn't it mad that these people either, like, a lot of them die or... They stop recording, they're not active anymore. Um, and they end up getting awards after they've stopped and everything. Because these awards weren't being given out when they were active. There's something that's oh, coming. Yeah, since... that's, they're not always, yeah, they've not been around for as long as the artists. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously yeah. people of, of that generation are getting them and they're saying, well, and suddenly people have obviously turned around and said, I'm influenced by out. these people yeah. and they've not got them. And, and then suddenly these people are nominating them and then they're getting yeah. them. But as I say, Benny, so, yeah. Benny King, Benny E. Ben e. King yeah. hasn't actually been got, got into yeah. the, I mean, he is. But well, not it's not even just the rock and roll. It's like all sorts of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, like, but it depends like what what's classed as rock and roll in one genre to another. What we see as soul music now was probably just it's either pop or rock and roll, you know, or yeah. was pop. But even no, around, I mean like know? not just that Hall of Fame. I mean like when they're already done with their career or they're dead or whatever, and they're getting their what 
stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or they're getting Grammy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they're getting awards and stars way after they've been about. But like you say, that they haven't been about since as like as long as the artists. So it makes sense. Also, I'm now really intrigued because you have spoken about both Stand By Me and Spanish Harlem yet. And I'd understand if you didn't say that he had been active until the 2010s because he released 25 albums until 2010. So I'm now like, how has he not had any hits from the 80s like that I've got? Because the Stand By Me and Spanish Harlem were like... Because yeah. he hasn't obviously like, released... Mate, well, one, he's American and they release music in America, oh, yeah. not necessarily over here. Like and over two, here. he's more obviously may have in his later just been an album um may not have released songs yeah, we did true. and they weren't success but his, his albums yeah. were okay so it could be that's... either of those so but ben I'll... e king 1961 stand by me got to number 27 okay in 1987 on the back of it being in a in the theme for a film of the same name yeah. It got to number one. I said number one. There that was go. my fourth number one. There you go. Oh. Can I just say number two in the yeah. chart was When a Man Loves a Woman. Stop. By Percy Sledge from the Levi's commercial. So Levi's <laughs> were outdone of a number one song by the theme from... <laughs> Another old song as well by the yeah, theme of well, so Stand By Me is actually older. It's 1961 original. When a Man Loves a Woman was 1966. Um, and then in 1987, both of them were number one and number two in the same chart and both re-released on the back. But it's like you said, around that time, a lot of the old songs were making their way through because of adverts or films or whatever. And that just... Yep. That proves it because you've got two old songs at yep. the top few spots of the chart. Yeah. And I think I'd be thinking there's a new I artist. Think they were, new so they were on the so. back of um obviously Levi commercials, reusing yeah. them, and as I've said, Jive Bunny mixing old yeah, songs yeah. together. But wouldn't you be fuming if you're an artist releasing new music? And, and you, you got done by someone the from there, yeah. Done well, from did, some old fogey. Yeah, it did it did happen? Um, Jackie Wilson, um, obviously with Wheat Petite, um, would have been one of those songs. Still would have been. Um, Spanish Harlem wasn't actually released over in the UK originally, but it was released on the back of Benny King Benny King's resurgence in 1987. Um, it was released okay. in 1987 as his second re-release single, but it only got to number 92. And I guess that's when they said, okay, um, it was just not in the, UK back of anymore. The, the, the film. So, yeah. Yeah, you're not actually. That's why you had that. So, no. Right. right. Well, that one was really different from the first as well. It weren't much to it. So, I'm not surprised that people didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. Leads me to ask hit or miss? Did I yeah. influence you or did I not? Yeah. Rod Stewart. So Rod Stewart, I was on the fence. Now, speaking about him with you, re-going through what I thought of all the songs, um, hearing how big he actually was, he's a hit with me. Mm. 
I don't know okay. how often I've done that to him, but he has got a vast amount of songs that I would no. put into a playlist and yep. go to. No. Marvin Gaye. Hit. Absolutely love his music. Even though it's all from the 1960s. Well, apart yeah, from sexual healing. There weren't one yeah. song on there that I didn't like, though. Jeffrey Osborne. Hit. Mm. Enjoyed his as well. And obviously, I mean, you'd like to love the next song. Jack, 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 Bardi, 1987, number one. And that just shows you the difference. You had Stand By Me in 1987, number one. And you had Jack, Your Body, number one, also Every, in 1987. Was and it knocked off number one, Reap Petite, which is another old song. Um, so, yes, yeah, Steve Silk Hurley. Yes. I, I don't think so. you needed to give me him at all. No. Percy Sledge. Hit. Even though only one song. Yeah. I didn't want to do him an injustice. I mean, he was much bigger, obviously, in America, but obviously not over yeah. here. Sam Cook. Another hit. Mm-hmm. Benny King. Miss. Oh. Yeah, weren't as much of a fan. I like Stand By Me, but not... Uh. Not phased by it. Well, Levi's didn't like him either, if that's any consolation, because they never no, used his didn't. song. But he had the last <laughs> laugh because he got the number one, and the yeah. song that was Levi's <laughs> commercial song was number Choice. two. So, yeah. But, yeah, definitely um, we need to remember to call it. this this one the Levi's episode, I think. Yeah. And um, we need to uh, look up Levi Levi's. 501 adverts and see if you recognise the they use. I might get into a little hole of watching Levi Apple. Yeah. So, so that was this week. So now to let you know who you've got for next week. And something yeah. tells me you're going to love it. Don't know whether that's sarcastic. Oh. So Are you on. ready? I am. Okay. For episode 11, you have. Bruce Springsteen. I know of him, but I think he's a bit like a Rod Stewart. I couldn't tell you any of his songs, so I don't know how many I know. Billy Joel. Again, I've heard of him. Adam Ant. Okay, so obviously I know him from um, Adam and the Ants. Bruce Willis. Any an actor? Actor, but also a singer. Did not know he had a sing- like was a singer. Thomas Dolby. Don't know who that is. Murray Head. Don't know who that is. They are your singles for next week. That's quite good for me, though. I know yep. quite a lot of them, or heard of mm-hmm. them. Wouldn't mm-hmm. say I know their songs. Like Adaman, it's like I've heard of him because we did the groups, but I don't know any of his songs as a soloist so but yeah i've heard of majority of those okay i will let you know if i like them next week i'll knock the songs over to you and um we'll discuss next week we will indeed okay all it says is for me to say goodbye again yeah yeah and i'll speak to you next week you will bye bye dad